On this week's show, what's going on at Canterbury City? We speak to Club Secretary Richie Moore to try to get to the bottom of their interesting week. We just keep getting close and the, the carpet just gets swept from under our feet again. Tom Chapman talks to us about his move from Ramsgate to Deal and the Hoops' great start to the season. It wasn't an easy decision, but one that after a couple of chats with Kingy, it was like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to sort of, sort of have a new challenge, really. Plus, we have some good old-fashioned debate. Is promotion to the Football League outdated? Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast. After a um, mixed weekend in the FA Cup, we turn our attentions back to the FA Vars this weekend. But along the way, we've got interviews after what has really been a strange old week in the county's burgeoning non-league game. I'm John Phipps. He's got the shorts back out of the cupboard today due to this Indian summer we're experiencing down here on the Sunshine Coast. On the line, of course, is the main man who I'm sure has every sympathy for Derby County fans this week. It's Matt Gerrard. How are you, mate? Not bad, yeah. I'm sure they were minus 12 as well. So, uh, Wayne Rooney and Andy Hessenthaler singing from the same hymn sheet. I've got my shorts on as well, mate. I went for a walk with a dog and it's very nice out there. So, long may it continue. And again, when I came back from holiday, it was about a month ago, my garden was like a forest because of so much rain. And tonight was the first time I actually mowed the lawn and it took me like 10 minutes because the grass hasn't even grown. So, September is the new... July, is it? Oh, July, I also, I, I, funny enough, I, I say this a lot to, to guests and stuff because we look at, we look around, and I think the seasons have all moved back a month. Yeah, I genuinely do because if you think about it, when we were kids, this time of year, the leaves are all coming off the trees. Yeah, yeah, and it'll be another month before that starts happening now. Yeah, and we used to get, and we've had snow in March, and we used to have it January, February. Yeah, you could be right there, but yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I don't so, think December is a winter month anymore. You know, we never get a white Christmas, but you're more likely to get snow at the start of March than you are in December. So that obviously yeah. suggests to me that everything's just pushed back a month. That's global warming, is it? I, well, I would imagine so, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's yeah. just not the same, is it? But, no, it's like Britain, they'll have an answer. <laughs> yes, well, uh, well, let's not think about them too much. I wonder what their plans are for tomorrow. I wonder if they're going to go and stick themselves to the... Runway at Gatwick or something? Well, yeah, well, could well be, yeah. So, well, yeah, well, well, each to their own, I suppose. We, we cannot be too. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm all for having the right to protest, of course, and you can. But there's there's the way to do it, and there's not the way to do it. And I would suggest that running across the M25 and stopping the traffic probably isn't the way no, to do no. it. No, I wouldn't have thought that was. But there uh, you yeah, go. Well, each to their own. So, but yeah, and you got enough gas there, mate. That's the main thing as well. Well, funnily enough, uh, you know, obviously they're talking about the energy suppliers and everything. Ours actually have gone bust. Have they? Uh, yes. So ours, it was announced uh, earlier on today that ours uh, have gone bust. And obviously because we're on a, a business tariff and everything like that is a little bit concerning. But apparently um, it just kind of carries on as normal for, for now and we will be put onto something else. But there is obviously the risk that our bills will start to go up. So got to be really hot on doing the meter readings and everything for the for the near future um oh, i mean i can't say having dealt with the customer service that i'm sad that some of those people have lost their jobs um but obviously it's uh yeah it's a bit bit alarming because i was i was just sitting watching the news and they mentioned our company i was like oh whoa, whoa, whoa. so i had to rewind it and listen again but yeah so our uh our energy suppliers have gone bust so uh, at, at the moment we've still got gas and lights so that's something 
Um, but well, we'll have to then, somebody else take over. Yeah, so off gem automatically we'll put our account to someone else, uh, yeah. and then it will just carry on as normal for for however. I, I mean, it's all very confusing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> maybe there's maybe it's a slow news time with the COVID. Maybe it's probably not the end of the world, but. People think it will be on a three-day week and stuff like that. That's, that's madness, isn't it? So, well, and all these few sort of shortages and everything. This isn't the Brexit I voted for. Oh, that's right. Didn't vote for it anyway. Um, anyway, it's our 183rd episode this week. And I discovered when I was looking up a band called the 183 Club. Uh, a Taiwanese boy band, no less. I even found some of the music on Spotify. Uh, ballads sang in, in Chinese, effectively. Uh, anyway, the reason for their name is that the average height of the founding members was 183 centimetres. Uh, these old. men, who are all in their early to mid-40s now, have also acted in a number of Taiwanese TV programmes as well. Uh, multi-talented. Uh, Wikipedia also very helpfully told me that it's an odd number, so thanks for that. Uh, and there was also Pavel 183. Allegedly, Pavel was the Russian Banksy until his death in 2013 at the age of just 29. Oh, Apparently, the cause of his death was undisclosed. And, and frankly, I'm, I'm not getting involved in any undisclosed deaths involving Russian people. But uh, yeah, 183. That's, that's about, what's, well, I mean, yeah, 183 is what, just over six foot, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite tall. Yeah, it's quite tall. Yeah. yeah. I've never heard of, you know, not new kids on the block, are they? Uh, well, time. the music is all very, very, it's it's certainly very, uh, not a, a, a pop group, so to speak. It's all very sort of slow and everything like that. It's very strange. 183 centimetres is six foot and oh, 0.3 of, a, of an inch. So that's, it's literally six, they're, they're, they're all six foot tall. Well, I don't know why they didn't call the band six foot tall. That would be much better, no? Could have, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, but no, it wouldn't really work, really. I always said that if I had a band, I'd call it Armitage Shanks. After the soap? Yeah, yeah. The Any reason? No, I just thought, well, one time, I thought, oh, if I had a band, I'd call it that. But there you go. But um, I can't really play the guitar badly. I've got a good singing voice, but no, Armitage <laughs> Shanks. That sounds like a good band, doesn't it? Matt, we've all heard you sing on this podcast on I've several got, occasions. I've got a quality voice. We've all heard you sing on this podcast on several yeah, occasions. I've got a quality voice. I've got a good singer. Well, I'll tell you what, if the X Factor ever comes back, I think that you should go forward for the, for the to, to go on it, go to the auditions. Well, I wouldn't do that, but, I, you know, if I did karaoke, I'd do a bit of karaoke. I, I reckon I'd do a job. What's your go-to karaoke song? Well, I've got a lot of ones I'd probably do. I'd like to do um, Carly Rae Jepsen, you, I really, really like you, that one. Right. Okay. I've never done it. Right. Because I haven't been to karaoke in about fifteen years, but I will because I'd like to do karaoke because you know those bar. You know you sit on the telly and you go in that little booth and you can hire one out. Yeah. I, I'd like to do that really. Okay. So the yeah, last, I do. I'd love a bit of karaoke. The last time I went to karaoke was on my mate Stagdo. Uh, we were in Edinburgh, and they've actually got a proper karaoke bar there, and um, oh, yeah. we hired a room. There was like sixteen of us, and we just hired oh, this room. Yeah for the evening and uh, we yeah. all just sat in there we all took a turn yeah it was very good although my uh, my friend and his brother absolutely murdering the backstreet boys uh, is still one of the low points of my life to be brutally honest what did you do uh i did a bit of james actually sit down i did talking so. to james they are at margate right are they apparently yeah no nice good band i've got to like them in the mid 90s yeah then, and what was the other one? Oh, the levelers all right, yeah. 
Remember them? Yes, I do remember them. Yeah, good band. Yeah, good band. Yeah, James, James, uh, I always thought if, if when in Zidane came to the Premier League, they, the perfect song would be, Oh, Zidane, oh, Zidane, Zinedine Zidane, Zidane, Zidane. So if we ever manage a team, we manage Dover, I'm starting that chant. Excellent. I just would like everybody to remember that he said a minute ago he had a good singing voice and I'd like you to listen back to that. I don't think I've got a good voice. But yeah, karaoke, yeah, I'd like to... I don't think there's any... Anybody know anywhere in Kent they've got one of those booths where you can, like, that hire one out? Oh, oh, there must be someone out there who knows. So if you know of a karaoke place, Matt Gerard would love to go. So... uh, and and uh, we'd we'd love to, uh, to to be part of it. So uh, please do get in touch if you know of any karaoke booths uh, in the Kent area. That match I, want, I don't want to do it in a pub. I want to do it in that no. little type thing. Okay, excellent. Well, hopefully someone. Can... And if not, why don't you set one up? Someone set one up. Matt Gerard will be your first customer. Yeah, yeah, and then you'll be impressed with my singing voice. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, anyway, on with the show. And well, they say a week is a long time in football. And we've got two fine cases of that here in the county in the last week. So first up, let's talk about Canterbury City. Uh, late on Sunday evening, the club released a statement saying that they'd requested to withdraw from the Southern Counties East League. 48 hours later, that was withdrawn after a mystery benefactor gave a donation, which means they can afford to finish off the season. In between those times, though, we sprung into action on Monday when the threat to the club's future was still very much a thing. I spoke to club secretary Richie Moore to find out what was going on. Uh, With the donation, some of this is a little bit obsolete, but most of it actually remains relevant to the challenges that the club are facing, not just this season, but well into the future as well. So here is Canterbury City Club Secretary Richie Moore. Probably close to saying frustrated (laughs) as well as disheartened and upset um, we, we've worked so hard to entertain everything that we've been asked to do you know we, we've tried for 14 years to get our own football hub within the the city of Canterbury it deserves it uh, fans deserve it the, the, the city itself deserves it and we just keep getting close and the, the carpet just gets swept from under our feet again. Uh, and, uh, and this time it's had devastating effects because we've, we've lost our sponsorship revenue on that. Being told we have to wait three years now before we can put planning application in, is, we've lost our, our sponsorship revenue because... We were expecting planning permission this month to start developing in January. And, and you, you can understand why people can't support you for another three years when all you've had for 14 years is knockbacks. And so, yeah, very frustrated, so close. And we've just got to go back a few steps again. And it, it's just frustrating, annoying, upsetting, whatever terminology you want to put on it, really. So, so, so what's what's actually happened then? I mean, I, I, I don't know the, the the full latest. I've known about your previous plans, but so what's so what's been going on, and and why were you told now you've got to wait three years? Um, because we were looking at um, Highland Court in Bridge, and that is now not going ahead. Uh, the reasons behind all that, I'm not a hundred percent clear on, um, but suffice to say that. There was there was some disappointment of from within the fan base of going there anyway, um, so 
there's there's a there's a bit of relief there from the fans. I would I would suggest. However, to not go there, we have to get another site, and the rules are that to to do something like that, we have to wait three years before we can put a planning application in. So, so the plan, or, or so the statement says that the the club is looking to pull out of the Southern Counties East League. Uh, is what sort of is that a long term thing? Is there still going to be a Canterbury City? I suppose is is the question. There is a Canterbury City. Um, so what we've been looking at is the club as a whole, and we have the under twenty threes in the Kemp County League. They would they would essentially become the the senior team, if you like. Um, we the the idea around scale is because we've lost our sponsorship revenue, we still have a ground share agreement with Faversham that we would have to honour to be remaining in scaffold. We currently have a player's budget. We would obviously have to look at either reducing that or taking it to zero. Players are going to leave because, you know, they're being paid to play at the moment and some will stay, some won't want to stay when they can earn money. Um, they're the bare facts. So to to remain in scaffold, we need to have the income stream that we had and now no longer have. So I suppose that, that, that you say is it a little bit about the integrity of the competition? You fear that if you don't have the players that you've currently got, you would not be able to to perform and and lose all the games, and, and that would make it difficult. I don't think it's about results on the pitch. I think it's about the financial implication of remaining in scaffold. You know, we have to pay a ground share. We have to pay for officials. You know, we have to... Our our gates are around 75 to 120 average, roughly, anywhere between there, that doesn't generate you a lot of income on the gate. We don't take any food or bar takings from our games because we ground share. So our, our external revenue income is, is very limited. We, we, need, we need sponsorship and that's what we've got through on because we had a, we had a target. We had the opportunity of having a football hub within Canterbury City and yet again it's just that has been taken away from us yet again so, so what, what's the future and obviously you say that you're going to keep the under 23 teams going and, and so on and then what just just regroup and, and, and wait until you can get back into the city because that's what ultimately everyone wants and, and Canterbury is, is big enough to sustain a, a decent non-league football team isn't it Exactly, and that's why at the beginning of the season we went into a looking at a partnership with with Canterbury Youth. So it gave Canterbury Youth the opportunity to progress into an adult section. You know, they don't have an adult section, so there's a natural pathway with the two merging. So it was it was a great thing for football within Canterbury. Um, we are working very hard. I and working so hard on seeking investment so that we don't have to withdraw from scaffold. 
and that we can see out this season. What we do for the, the two seasons after that, we will have to evaluate in the close season next next year. However, we've got more time to do that. You know, we, we can't sustain financially staying in Scaffold at the moment. If we get a generous donation that allows us to pay a ground share uh, and give us, you know, that bit of income to do so, then we can remain in Scaffold and we can do that on a zero players budget or a very minimal one. It depends, you know, what we can can generate. If we can get a... Um, We've done some crowdfunding. We've, we've announced a crowdfunding measure today, GoFundMe. Um, so we hope that that can generate something. And just anything anything is a bonus that will allow us to remain in, in the Southern Counties. I, I suppose that, that, that is the thing. So, so you're not completely giving up hope. You, you've said how, how bad the situation is, but there is still a chance that, that come 10 days' time, whenever you're back in league action, there could still be a Canterbury City team playing in the Southern Counties East League. We are hopeful. We, we've obviously looked at the decision that came out of the weekend and that we have to wait three years. We've had to notify out of, out of respect to the league. We've had to notify that we are considering a withdrawal for financial reasons. Now, if these financial reasons change, then obviously that will allow us to remain in Southern Counties East Football League. Um, we will have make decisions on how that affects us financially with, again, like I say, the players' budget. That may have to disappear. If that's what it takes, that's what we have to do. We want to stay in Scaffold. Make it very clear we want to remain a part of Scaffold. And I am doing all the hours and phone calls I can, I can do to make it happen. It's been a, a, a tough few years off the pitch, hasn't it, for Canterbury City? Uh, yes, since we've reformed, this is what we've been up against. And, you know, the, the, the Kingsmead Stadium was purchased, um, is now housing development, and we were told that within two years we'll have a, a football hub. We'll have that within two years. That, that was 14 years ago. Yet again, we're getting close to expecting some news and we get the plug pulled again I, I don't understand why and not someone needs to come out and explain themselves to me to be quite frank because we're doing everything we can and we tick all the boxes that are put to us and obviously, as well, you—I you, mean—you had that great run in the Vars a couple of years ago, and, and since then, it, there seems to be some, some. I suppose there's been some split somewhere along the way, and, and, and things have been difficult, haven't they? Yeah, most difficult. Um, a little bit of luck in football gets you somewhere. We certainly had that getting to the the Vars final, um, but i think i see some figures banded around and it, it's like it's some massive money spinner <clears throat> it might earn you some money but running a football club costs a lot of money um you know if, if you if you have let's for argument say you have a one thousand pound a week budget and the season is about 30 weeks long that's that's thirty thousand pound a year just on the players' budget, 
that's before you've even got somewhere to play. That's before any other affiliation costs. So the VARs doesn't scratch the surface with it. You know, it's money through the gate does and sponsorship does. That's what gets you your revenue. So I suppose just finally, you'd like to say if there's anyone out there who, who would like to sponsor you, that then then to get in touch, but also, you know, just let's try and find a way to, to get the, the club back into Canterbury. Yeah, most definitely. If the, if we're fortunate fortunate enough to have a, a Euro Millions or a lottery winner sitting there with some spare cash, then, um, yeah, great. But if there's any businesses that are you know, are looking to get involved with a, a local team or a club, uh, we're there and we need we need the help, you know, we need to, to be able to sustain because what it will bring to Canterbury to have a football club in the city will be tremendous, you know, there'll be, it'll bring people in and it will sustain the model. We, we will have very good crowds for, for where we want to be within the borough, you know, within the city. As I said before that interview, since that chat, a further statement from the club has confirmed that they will be continuing this season. Uh, that statement is available in full on the club's website. But in part of it, the club chairman, Tim Clark, says, we are hoping to minimise the disruption to the playing team. However, we understand that from being paid to potentially not leaves a decision to be made. We're hopeful that the manager, Chris Walcott, will be able to retain the vast majority to help guide us as a club throughout the rest of the season. We are not out of the woods yet and much remains to be done to secure our future for coming seasons, which we must do to continue our quest to obtain planning permission for our own ground and ensure Canterbury City Council honour the promise they made over 20 years ago. Uh, all in all, Matt, it's a very worrying time for Canterbury City, isn't it? Yeah, it's a strange one when I sort of saw it because it went quite viral, didn't it, on social media? I wondered why, but then when that interview said... Three years. What I couldn't understand is why do some fans not want to go to uh, the place at Bridge? That doesn't make. I don't really understand that. So. Well, I think I I, I kind of think I do know where that's come from because I think the land at Highland Court is something that people don't necessarily want to be built on, and it is. Right. Whenever the plans have been put forward, there is always much debate uh, about what happens. Uh, and you know it, it's it's a prime piece of land and and obviously the football stadium is part of a much bigger development which would involve a, a, a large number of houses going onto the area it's very similar uh, and it's the same developer incidentally as we had discussions before about Sittingbourne uh, and yeah. their hopes that there'll be some houses springing up around where they are uh, and that the football club will be part of that and so I think it's it's a touchy subject just in the grounds that people especially at the moment, are, are very much against the idea of, of more and more houses being built. And I think that's the difficulty. And, you know, it might not be an easy place to get to, but I think there's also, you know, the Garden of England and, and everything like that. And I think people may be a little bit defensive against the idea of, of Greenland being covered up by housing. And I guess that may be part of the issue. So I, th I think the, the thing is, is they want to try and find a solution that, that suits everybody. So I think that's where that comes from. Right. So... I'm trying to think of Canterbury then. Canterbury's quite a built-up area, isn't it? You know, the centre, where they... It's going to be very difficult to find somewhere. You know, the the old ground, uh, Kingsmead, wouldn't it? The old Greyhound track was sort of quite central, wouldn't it? The, yeah. Where it is now. Um, yeah, that's, you know, three years for development, all of that thing. I, I do feel for them in some way. Um, and Canterbury, I don't know many people live in Canterbury, but Canterbury... 
know, university probably could support a good football team. I mean, I remember seeing Dover there, for, you know, this is late 80s, 2,000 people there. So, that, you know, come from Dover as well. So it's, you know, would they be able to support a team? I presume they probably could, but it seems very strange. Thank you for this donor coming across. So was that a bit of a knee-jerk reaction from Canterbury to do this? Or was it to shake people into thing? right, I don't really know. Because, you know, within 48 hours, they're not withdrawing. I know in that statement, they did say they might not be able to pay the players. It's very interesting because in many ways, it came completely out of the blue. <laughs> you know, I don't think there was any inkling that anything was going on, that, that this was likely. And I've spoken to a few other sources in, in various places. And, and I think it did just come completely out of the blue. And and so I guess that's that's part of the strange thing. And, and I don't... Obviously, the, 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 the situation is, and uh, in the interview, he mentioned... Uh, he mentioned a lot about the about the person about about the sponsor and everything like that. And obviously, the sponsor which they're referring to is the development company. Yeah. And I think that they are obviously tied into that developer because you mentioned the university. Well, there's loads of ground up there. There's a great there's some great sports facilities. Would there not be a way that Canterbury City could c- kind of get involved with them? That's a good point. Yeah. Um, yes, it seems it seems strange, really. I don't know if the council involved. You know, I suppose. Luckily, the cricket ground's been there a long time and that's been developed on with housing and things like that to make it viable. Yeah, I feel for them a little bit, really, because, you know, a big city like that should have a football club, really, in its pl- or police playing in its in its vicinity. Well, I know it's down the road where they're playing at Faversham, but it's still a bit of a trek from Canterbury to Faversham. So, yes, I'm glad that they're, you know, they're not doing too bad this season, are they? So, but again, would it be interesting if, if all the players leave if they're not getting paid? So, uh, Interesting times ahead, really. I think. Yeah, forty odd thousand people live in uh, in, in Canterbury. Obviously, there are a lot of students, but you know, it is the the jewel in the Kentish crown in many yeah. ways. You know, is is the place that brings the people in, and uh, I, I think certainly Canterbury can sustain a football team. And it is a shame that nothing has happened. And you know, uh, that interview was was really good, and I really appreciate, appreciate Richie's time. But you know, you know, there is obviously more going on behind the scenes here. Um, and obviously, we know everything, all the troubles they had a couple of years ago. Obviously, they reached the FA Vars semi-final under Ben Smith a couple of years ago. And then Ben left the club in, in circumstances which I don't think anyone looks back on fondly. And I wonder, f- from there, if, if things have been done wrong. And, you know, when you look at things that were... the responses to the tweet that were put out and and chats that I saw on Facebook you know there's a lot of frustration and there's a lot of division I would say in the areas between um b- between what was a, a unified club when they got to the, the semi-final of the of the FA Vars and it seems that it's very fractious now and and, and that's difficult and, and and I just want everyone to come together and I think that's that, that's the key thing that everyone at Canterbury City needs to do yeah um Again, there may be conflict of interest all over the show here regarding this as well. Um, so I don't really too, do not too know about the uh, the people who are sort of um, build or built the, the developer or anything like that. But I think he's involved in quite a few sporting things, isn't he? So, yeah, interesting times ahead. But fingers crossed. Well, and the scaffold, I don't know how the scaffold will cope with this as well, because they, they say, all right, think, right, we'll think about this, how they would cope. Well, what they don't want to cope is, you know, in January and February when Canterbury pull out now. So then it will make the competition a fast. So I'm sure the Scaffold will be watching this as well. I presume you have to put a bond up at the start of the season to say, right, yeah, we can 
start a season. I don't really know how it works. I know in other leagues you do, I think, to sort of say, yeah, we, we can start. I don't know if they look at their books or anything like that or says, yeah, we've got the money. But yeah, the Scaffold, Scaffold will be looking at this because they don't, you know, they don't want it, you know, their league, their their competition to sort of be tainted if Canterbury start and then stop again or start. Then they decide they stop a couple of months down the line. So yeah, we'll, we'll follow this story with interest. But I do feel for that and it seems to be the planning permission for three years on a different thing. It does seem a bit of a well, convoluted way of doing stuff. Absolutely. Incidentally, we were talking about population. Canterbury is the 11th most populous town uh, or settlement in the county. Uh, all of the others have uh, teams in the scaffold or above, um, all of those above them. In fact, everyone down as far as 20th on the list here uh, seems to have a team at a, a high level. We've got obviously Maidstone, Gillingham, Dartford, Chatham, Ashford, Rochester, Margate, Tunbridge Wells, Gravesend, Folkestone, Canterbury, uh, Sittingbourne, Dover, Ramsgate, Tunbridge, Herne Bay, Whitstable, Deal, Sevenoaks, and Northfleet are the, is the 20th place. So that's where it's uh, that's where it kind of so most, most people live in the county live in Maidstone, do they? Oh, the, the, that is the biggest. Uh, area by population 100 as of the 2011 census 113,000 people uh, were listed as living uh, in Maidstone that doesn't include Ditton, Aylesford, East Morley that just includes right. uh, the, the the town of Maidstone so th there is the potential for Canterbury I think everyone would if they look back in this in a few years time will say that perhaps things haven't been done as they might be yeah. but hopefully there can be some sort of resolution and they've said they're going to finish the season that's a great start, but let's hope that they don't have to go through this rigmarole again next season because it's all well and good getting a short-term fix and getting a loan in, but they need to make the solid foundation that's going to keep this club going and thriving. And they do need to get back into the, into the city. And they obviously all need to work together and we all need to pull in the same direction to make this happen. And that's the council and the club need to be working in the same way rather than, you know, saying, oh, the, the council promises this. Well, work together. Let's find a way of doing it. I think that's got to be the solution, yeah? Yeah, I think that's the way. Yeah, interesting times ahead, I think, really. Mm, absolutely. Mm, yeah, yeah, I feel, yeah. <laughs> it's strange. Uh, so 48 hours was a long time before for Canterbury City, but a week was a long time for Steve Lovell. Last week he was on this show, he was on good form, and he was upbeat ahead of their FA Cup tie with Harrow Borough. Uh, 48 hours after that game ended in a 2-0 defeat for the Wings, it was announced that Lovell and Tristan Lewis had both resigned. Uh, by all accounts, it was a terrible performance, uh, by the wings on Saturday. And the big question is where next for Welling? I've seen a few names banded about, but the last couple of years, well, since Steve King took them to the playoff final, have been pretty wretched all round for Welling. And it's it's really sad to see, isn't it, Matt? Yeah. Welling are a, a club that have always been high-end in the... You know, I think you've never, you've never seen them in the Ryman League, have you, or anything like that? Or, you know, since the formation, they've always been a, been a conference club for a couple of years under Jamie Day, did a good job. Just hasn't really worked out. Maybe under, you know, the Hobbins were the owners, and they were quite successful. Mark Goldberg, who was successful at Bromley, come to Welling, and I don't think it's really worked out for him there, is it? Um, maybe trying to work, weave his magic with like he did at Bromley and get them them up. Yeah, but yeah, maybe I don't know if he's going to come back as manager. Um, yeah, it just you know, you know, it's it's a it's a good ground, it's a good club, it's a good structure, it's a good location to get players in. It hasn't worked out. And I like Steve Lovell a lot. And I thought he sounded pretty optimistic last week when we spoke to him on the show. And unfortunately, it didn't work out to him and went out to a bit of a cup shot, didn't they? So, yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed for Steve. I don't know where this leaves him now in his career. 
Um, you know, being managing the football league and then now not working. You know, but he was at Ebbsfleet for a while. That didn't work out. Um, will we see him managing again? We'll have to wait and see. But yeah, interesting. What names have you heard then, John, for the Welling job? Well, there's none I could really uh, publish out here, but I, I know there are a few. We're I, I, looking at what people want as well. I mean, a lot of people would love to have Jamie Day back, but I don't know about his uh, connections to in, because of he's the manager of Bangladesh at the moment. So he's, he's left the near or something. Always on sabbatical there. Yeah, so th- that could be a possibility, but it's it's all going to be d- depending on what happens, isn't it? And, and you know, it's 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 an interesting one because where they are at the moment, is it a an appealing job to someone I, I I just don't know and it's, it's you know Bradley Quinton was trying to get there and, and I got a sense from him that there were frustrations about how things turned out for him I mean I saw them a couple of years ago when, when they were down at Eastbourne uh, between Christmas and New Year and they were wretched that day and I remember hearing the supporters singing we want our welling back and you know since as I say since Steve King left it just seems that they, they seem to be a little bit stuck in a rut and you know they have been, you say you've never seen the rhyme, but they were in the Southern League from 2000 until 2004. Um, but oh, then yeah. When the, yeah, yeah, I Pennant got them up, yeah, so yeah. No, it was Paul Parker who got them Paul up. Paul Parker, yeah. But they yeah, got yeah. into the, when the uh, National League South, Conference South was founded uh, in 2004, Welling were one of the founder members. They've never been lower than that yeah. uh, since then. So 17 the years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so 17 years since they've been that far away from, from, from the Football League, so to speak. And and this is the worrying thing because by all accounts, everybody who, I, who I've heard about the game on Saturday, they've all said... They were terrible. It was it was an absolute shambles, and you have to wonder what's going to happen. I mean, they've got a tough game this weekend against Dartford, uh, so that there may well be someone at that game on Saturday who who may want the job, but they may want to be seeing if the team's any any cop before. But you, you just don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how much scope there is for someone to to come in and and change the squad, and and you just don't know, do you? No, you know, there's probably again. It's a job that will probably attract a lot of people. Um, will they have the finances to compete? You normally know when a new manager comes in, he says, right, what's to ship out his players? And then that may be a concern if they've got, I think Steve Lovell said last week, a lot of players are on contract. So that will be a concern for the managers. I presume one of the name we'll put in, I'm thinking maybe Sammy Moore, who's managed at this level, hasn't had a job for a while, to itching to get back. Maybe he'll be somebody who may be keen on it. Um, trying to think, but there'll, there'll be plenty of people, you know, Essex London wise who look at that job um, and think it's one for them so I, I, I'm sure there won't be um, there'll be a plenty of applicants for it just got to make sure they choose the right one well, will we see Mark Goldberg back in the dugout we'll have to wait and see yeah I mean I would imagine uh, 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 there's been no sort of official communication but I'd imagine Goldberg is probably in charge himself uh, for the game this weekend and 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 because he's obviously been manager before and everything like that so I, I guess he's the man in in possession at the moment but he, he surely will be looking to to get someone in because that team needs some needs some pepping up doesn't it and you know it has been so difficult for so many clubs welling among them I mean Steve Lovell took over in what February time January February and, and he didn't manage a game until August and here we are the end of September and he's out of a job. So, I mean, to be manager for that long and manage that few games is is unheard of. But it's uh, it's it's really, really difficult, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. Maybe something's not right behind the scenes there. Really, you know, have to look at it. Yeah, 
as I say, maybe they need their well in back. But Mark Mark Goldberg, big appointment he's got to make here to again. They don't want to be going down. You know, they've got to look at this and see where they think. You know, they've, they've attracted not an experienced squad, is it? It's quite a young squad, maybe from academy football as well. So maybe they need some experience. So yeah, I'll, 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 it's a tough test this week against Dartford as well, isn't it? Really. Um, and I think maybe you say you, you appoint a manager, or maybe you'll get somebody, and he'll probably say, "All right, I'd rather come in after after Saturday, get that, you know, don't want to be the first game in, and maybe have a bit of a, you know, a difficult result. So maybe uh, maybe they'll see what they do this week, and then maybe get somebody in after Saturday. It, it, they just need some sort of stability at Welling. They need a manager who's going to come in and and do what Jamie Day did ten years ago, and set down some foundations and try and get that club back up where it belongs because you know Welling are are a club who should be top end of this division rather than struggling looking over their shoulders yeah. Terry Robbins wasn't he Matt player manager back in the day in a conference he was a machine Terry Robbins yes yes but, definitely yeah I don't know yeah well, well it's very you know Jamie Day's had numerous spells there um what a thought you know Maybe you've got to look a, long, a little bit away from Jamie Day. I don't know if he'll be looking to get higher up the pyramid from there. But, yeah, it's a decent job with a decent club. So plenty of applicants will be involved. Yeah, we just hope they, they've got to make it a right decision now. There's no, you know, starting well here than changing the manager again just after Christmas. They need somebody who's going to stay there for the long haul. Absolutely. Elsewhere in the FA Cup, there are goals galore, a couple of fives, a seven, a four. A shame, really, that... Some of those were against our teams uh, and only four actually made it through to the third qualifying round. So congratulations to Dartford, five on winners over Hythe, uh, Maidstone who beat Chichester 3-1 and even missed a penalty in that one. And Folkestone who hit seven in their win at Ashford Town of Middlesex. I don't know why they're still of Middlesex because they are Ashford and now Ashford United. Uh, and Ebbsfleet who beat Carl Shorten 2-1. We'll discuss that one shortly in a little more detail. Uh, but Margate were knocked out 4-1 at Merston. We've- Phoenix Sports lost 3-1 at home to Redhill. Bordy talks about Welling's exit and Tummage Angels who reached round one last year, fell at the first hurdle this time, losing 5-0 at Hayes and Yedding. An absolute horror of a result, that one. But Ebbsfleet, let's go back to that one. They fell behind early doors, but Drew level a few minutes later after a legitimately terrible penalty decision. Uh-huh. If you haven't seen it, Carl uh, Shorten tweeted out a link to it. And even with the most blinkered of Kent eyes on it, it's not a penalty. However, Carl Shorten's tweet that the penalty, quote, cost us our place in the FA Cup is frankly nonsense. Yes, Ebbsfleet scored from the spot. And yes, Ebbsfleet did go on to win the tie by two goals to one. But you cannot say that a decision that early in the game is the sole reason for Carl Shorten's defeat. Yeah, awful decision. Of course it was. But there's no way you can say, well, if that hadn't been given, Carl Shorten would have definitely won that game, which is what I think their tweet is implying. Yeah, it it, it, it was... um... Yeah, fast school decision. Yeah, but you can't. And I, these things, and unfortunately, these things happen. I don't know what the referee saw it was, but um, yeah, that's just, what can you say? Yeah, unfortunately, Carl Shorten have got to get over it. They might not have won the game, but yeah, unfortunately, it's one of those things that not much you can do about it. <laughs> it's very much like when Bournemouth started kicking off about that Aston Villa goal that was disallowed against Sheffield, or the oh, Sheffield yeah. United goal that was if I was saying, well, at the if the if the um, goal line technology hadn't failed, we wouldn't have been relegated. But that's not actually true, is it? Because who's to say that an incident that happened in the 45th minute would have been the only goal of the game? If Aston Villa had been 1-0 down in that game, they probably would have pushed forward. And then they might even have won the game rather than drawing the game. So, you know, it, it's, it, it's all... It, I, I understand the frustration of Carl Shorten. Of course I do. Um, but I, I, I don't... 
I don't think it's fair to say that that penalty decision is the reason why Carl Shorten lost. I mean, the, the the reason that they're out of the cup is because they conceded a goal three minutes from the end to a sub edit remaining just come on. You know, if they defended that if they defended that chance better, then they wouldn't have then they would have got a replay. So you can't just blame it on the referee. You know, unfortunately for Carl Shorten, that they're out of the cup. Uh, and they've got to deal with it. Um, they draw for the next round, threw up an absolute classic in the making from a Kent point of view, as made Stonewall Hill Startford, while Folkestone also got a plum tie against last year's National League North champions in their eyes anyway. Gloucester City are struggling this year, early doors, so perhaps that's yeah, why they were so keen for it all to go on uh, and on last year. Absolutely. Uh, Eftersleep, meanwhile, will travel to face Southern League Division 1 Central, so the same league as the Eastman South East side. Alsbury United, uh, the Ducks, who shot to fame briefly in the mid-90s for a celebration in the FA Cup run that took them all the way to the third round, have been drawn at home for the eighth time in a row. But... Aylesbury don't play in Aylesbury anymore. They play 16 miles away in Chesham. Uh, but do, do you remember that run Aylesbury uh, United went on? Is that Cliff Hercules up front? That's the one, yes. And they did that duck celebration. They're yes. playing green and white stri- green and white hoops. And they're like Celtic. Yes. Green and white they're playing, definitely, yeah. yeah so yeah, so I, I don't actually know. Where, where is Aylesbury? I don't know, they play there. Is that mid- 16 miles from Chesham. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Buckinghamshire, it is Buckinghamshire, yeah. So it's. How are they getting uh, on this season, Aylesbury? Uh, I haven't actually seen their leader. I mean, obviously they've won. They've beaten uh, Bishops Cleave in the FA Cup. They've beaten Willen Rovers, and so they've had a decent run through uh, in the FA Cup. I'm just trying to find out where they are in the in the table in their division. Uh, Southern. They are twelfth. They've played six games. One, two drawn one and lost three uh, scored 13 conceded 13 so it's I a potential banana good. skin but I think yeah, for Absolute fancy. United they'll be happy with that yeah I think I fancy that I, I didn't I, I didn't actually know really should do my homework I didn't know that Tunbridge lost 5-0 yes they did they lost by five goals to nil oh, absolutely shocking for a result that I, should, I would have texted my Tunbridge Angels fan if I didn't do that I mean when were the goals scored in that game so I should have done my homework, John. I apologise. I I think towards there were a couple towards the end because I think there was the a few suggestions from supporters of oh well this isn't a very good finish, um but yeah they uh, really really disappointing result a, a team at a step below that is a really really frustrating yeah. outcome for them. Didn't expect that from Steve McKim's boys. Yeah, really. Oh dear. Yeah, it wasn't really. We expected more to get through there, didn't we? I thought we did. Margate going out as well, disappointing. So, yeah, I expected more. Yeah, well, well, I suppose when you look at it, we never really get that many through to the fourth qualifying round, do we? So, you know, eventually they fall. Yeah, I'm just yeah, yeah, a little bit disappointed. I thought we'd have more at least getting into the third qualifying round. Yeah, so it's, it's really disappointing to only have four. I mean, obviously a tough tie for for Folkestone and we will obviously lose one. So the most we're going to have is three coming through. Uh, into the next round and obviously joining two more. Uh, everyone hoping, no doubt, for a plum tie against the team in the National League. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's yeah, it's frustrating because you just... W- I've said this every year. We want a team who starts in the first qualifying round or the first preliminary round, whatever, to go all the way through and just give us a good run. And here we are. We've got one team from the Isthmian League and we've got three from the National League South, and that's all we've got going forward into this stage. And as you always say, Matt, the FA Cup's over once uh, once all the non-league teams are out on it, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. That is, it doesn't mean anything after that. So, yeah, 
Well, I think Darth may stay and flip a coin for me on that one. But we'll, we'll review them all next week. Yeah, I'm just disappointed for Margate, really. But folks, then march on. They do, and that's a, that's a really interesting tie against Gloucester City. So we'll see how that yeah, one well, goes. Yeah, well, they lost nine 0 Gloucester in a game, didn't they? Yeah, I, I haven't really seen their chairman being. No, it's funny that, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Very interesting. Uh, let's move on then to the Southern Counties East League and our second interview of the week. Uh, it's been a great start to the season for Deal Town, who ended here with Belvedere's 100% winning start to the season with a dramatic victory at the Charles Ground on Saturday. A result which takes the Hoops up to third in the table, just four points behind early leaders Glebe. And they've also caught the eye with the recent signing winger Tom Chapman, who was at Ramsgate to link up with his brother Ben at Deal Town. So I had a chat with Tom about his move and the start of the season for his new club. Oh, it's been superb so far. The boys have uh, the boys have been very welcoming. Um, it's good to good to be able to work with Kingy um, and Dale, obviously. Um, and yeah, just look, looking forward to properly getting going now because the last couple of Saturdays I've I've just finished off the cricket season. Um, obviously played the odd the odd midweek game. Um, but yeah, no, very much looking forward to getting going now. Oh, I've always viewed you as a bit as uh, as Mr. Ramsgate. So was it a tough decision to, to move on? Yeah, look, it, it, it certainly took a long time to sort of think about. Um, it wasn't an easy decision. Um, but yeah, I've been at Rams for you know, eight, nine years now. Um, and then, yeah, so it, it, it wasn't an easy decision, but kind of one that after a couple of chats with Kingy, it was like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to sort of sort of have a new challenge really and obviously you know Kingy for, from Ramsgate he was there for a, for a brief spell and, and his his infectious uh, personality for, for football has got to be a, a big draw to wanting to play under him yeah 100% um, I've, I've, my, my brother's obviously at, at Deal so I've been up to watch a few of their games when we didn't have a game uh, Rams didn't have a game but um, yeah no he's brilliant I mean he, there's a lot of enthusiasm there um, so yeah no, no definitely and a really good start to the season for Deal as well, up to third in, in the league. Do you think you've got the, the ability to challenge at the top? Yeah, 100%. I think um, there's a great group of uh, lads there. Good mix of sort of experience and, and youth coming through. Um, and as you say, it's been a cracking start to the season in third position and um, we're only looking up now, really. Um, obviously, Saturday, I'm guessing you didn't play because you would have had a cricket final, which I don't think went well, but uh, a great result to beat Irith and Belvedere. Oh, amazing result! Um, I looked, I, I checked my phone midway through the cricket game, and, and that, that that certainly cheered me up when I saw that. Um, yeah, no, amazing. The boys, superb result, um, and obviously Troy, yeah, got the winner in the in the last minute. So yeah, no, would have been absolutely buzzing there, I reckon. We talk a lot about people going up from the scaffold into the Eastman League and the difference. You, you've done the reverse. Do you think it's it's a tough league, the scaffold, compared to where you've come from? I do, uh, yeah. I don't think the the, the standard is is um, too much different, really. Um, certainly, the teams in the in the top half of the scaffold um, could quite easily compete in the in the uh, Ishmian. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to sort of seeing what the actual stand like continuously what the standards like in the scaffold. Um, and it'd be it'd certainly be a different challenge for me now. And obviously, you say you're looking forward to getting back into it on Saturdays. This Saturday, you've actually got the, the, the no yeah. game, haven't you? So I guess yeah, I a chance to, to work on the training home because the start of the season, whether you're playing cricket or not, is is just breakneck, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and it's uh, we had we had a little little friendly last night, so it's just sort of getting minutes and getting minutes in my legs really now. Um, and then yeah, just finding out combinations with the boys because obviously I haven't played with many of them before. Um, but yeah. 
Um, it certainly is. Have you played with your brother before? Is it is it fun playing with uh, your brother? First first time with my brother, yeah, properly. Um, so looking forward to that. Um, hopefully, hopefully we can uh, we can link up quite nicely. Uh, <laughs> As opposed to having guys. rows about stuff all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and finally, obviously, a, a word on Ramsgate. I suppose you say you were there a long time, but they've had a really good start to the season, and there's been a few false dawns certainly on the pitch in the last few years. But uh, but off it, everything seems to be going brilliantly, and, and they've started really well on the pitch as well this season. Yeah, it looks. It seems to be going really well there at the moment. Um, they've had a great start to the season. Um, obviously, off the pitch, they've they've done huge amounts um, over the last few years, not just this year, really. Um, and then, obviously, look, by the looks of it, it's obviously starting to come together on the pitch now as well. So, I think they'll be they'll be up there this year, um, which obviously for the club would be an amazing effort. I guess you'll always be keeping an eye on on their results as as well, because it's been such a big part of your life. Yeah, hundred percent. And obviously, my my cousin Rory's there at the moment uh, still. Um, so I'll try and get up there and watch when I can. Um, but yeah, no, definitely, definitely be keeping an eye on their results. Uh, he finished by talking about his old club, Ramsgate, there, Matt. But as I said to him at the start, I've, I've known him a lot through his career at Southampton, so it must have been a tough call for him to leave. And I think that's a really good coup for Deal Town, and they're reaping the rewards already. Yeah, a fantastic start to the season for him. But really, I have to say, um, went out of the cup disappointingly, didn't they? But league form is good, beating Erith and Belvedere. Signed Luke Rooney, I see, from Chatham as well. So Erith and Belvedere, you know, I think. Great start to the season. Troy Howard, I've seen it. I think he did, when I've seen him over there, he's, he's a winger full of pace. And I think one of the, his end product was was lacking, but I think he scored a couple of goals now in the last few games. I think he got two the week before. So, yeah, I, I'm absolutely delighted. I'm, I haven't, I, I text to get Tom's number for you to Steve, Steve King. And then he said, oh, he's with a quick test conversation. He's absolutely loving this season. And it, a really fantastic. Uh, I expected them to be top 10, but third after eight games, you, you've got to think of as contenders now. Absolutely. And and it's a tough place to go. Although there is their away form that's been brilliant. I think they're still 100% away from home. But what a great result that is on Saturday against Sirith and Belvedere, uh, who had started the season superbly. They've just signed Luke Rooney from Chatham, uh, who scored their goal that day. And then they go into, it, and then, you know, deal, fight back. They keep their heads and they get the, get the result. Here is the, Belvedere have won every single game they've played in the league so far this season. That shows that Deal Town are a side to be reckoned with this year. And, and you know, there's a few teams that we think are going to be there or thereabouts. And, and who's to say that Deal Town won't be? And I thought it was interesting as well uh, in that chat with Tom where he said that, you know, he thinks all the teams in the, in the top half of Scaffold can compete. And he didn't even flinch when I said to him, do you think Deal can get promoted this season? Did he? he just went, yes, we can. That yeah. just shows that there is a lot of confidence coursing through there at the moment. Yeah, I think with with Deal as well, they've had a settled team over the last couple of years, haven't they? He's, he's tinkered it there, bringing players in that Tom, you know, who's had a decent career in the in the level above. Um, yeah, I think uh, quietly confident um, Deal could be a contender in this division. So I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely delighted because it's a lovely club when you go down there. Um, the gates are good, very friendly. And yeah, I, I think they're surprising me because I didn't think they'd be this high. So he's got to carry that on. So you mentioned they haven't got a game this week, but they've got, which is again, stops the momentum a little bit, which is a little bit disappointing. But yeah, I'm absolutely delighted for him. And, and for Steve King, as he said, because you said in his interview there, his enthusiastic enthusiasm must really rub off on his players, and 
I'm sure there were scenes when that last minute goal went in. Um, uh, I bet he absolutely loved that. And I'm, I'm delighted for them because, you know, the crowds are up and it's a good club. Yeah, and obviously Tom Chapman, you know, I, I've watched Tom play at Ramsgate uh, when he used to cover Ramsgate down there. And was always, I thought he was a very good player at, at that level. And, and he's the sort of player who likes to feel comfortable in his surroundings. And I think it obviously was a big decision for him to to drop down to to, to play for Deal. But I think he's he sounded really chipper there. And, and I think he's going to do really well there. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a cracking signing. Um, attacking, attacking looking lineup that uh, Deal have got now. They haven't really sort of, I would say the injury problems have got an out-and-out striker, but other play, other players will score goals and they'll use the flanks now with the players they've got. So, yeah, interesting again, if, you, if, you have, if you're down in, the, you know, where I am in this sort of area, get yourself down to a deal game because you'll be entertained. It's a lovely little ground. Um, yeah, entertainment factor is good. It's, yeah, I'd, I'd recommend it to anybody in this local, local area or if you're coming down this way. Absolutely. Uh, elsewhere in the scaffold, then let's go back over the weekend. Lots of football going. In fact, there's some football going on right now uh, in the scaffold. There is a game this evening uh, as Lords would take on Tower Hamlets. And it's an absolute thriller, Matt, to be honest with you. Uh, pretty much must be full time by now, but it's uh, Tower Hamlets three, Lords with three uh, in that game uh, this evening. But let's go back to the weekend first. Uh, now, on Saturday uh, in the Scaffold Premier Division, it was Deal Town 2, Beck, Irith and Belvedere 1, as we've already heard. Uh, Glebe 1, Hollands and Blair nil. Jamie Philpott on the score sheet yet again. Holmesdale nil, Canterbury City 2. Uh, Kennington 5, Wellingtown 2. Gary Lockyer with a hat-trick uh, for Kennington there. Punjab United 1, K-Sports 5. Another hat-trick in that one as well for Tarek Ibrahim. And a third hat-trick uh, for Matt Gething in Tunbridge Wells' 4-1 win over Crowborough Athletic. There were also a couple of games in the Kent Senior Trophy, a Sheppey United 4-1 winners over Rochester United. And the game between Staplehurst Monarchs and Chatham Town was abandoned uh, with the Chats 1-0 up after a serious leg injury to one of the Staplehurst players. And we wish him well uh, in his recovery. Also tonight, there is a game. Uh, there was a game in the Kent Senior Trophy as well on Tuesday between Beersted and Sutton Athletic, which ended 4-4 after extra time. And Sutton won that 4-1 on penalties. And tonight in the Kent Senior trophy as well. Irith Town won Fisher nil. Irith and Belvedere meanwhile playing in the London Senior Cup against Charlton Athletic under 23s and 3-2 for Irith and Belvedere in that one. Luke Rooney scoring again but uh, they came from 2-1 down to win that one 3-2 late on so well done to them. In the first division on Saturday it was Bryden Ropes 1, Faberton Strike Force 2, FC Elmstead 3, Chessington Hook 0, Greenways 5, Meridian VP 1, Kent Football United 0, Forest Hill Park 2, Larkfield and Newhive 1, Stansfeld 1, Lewis and Borough 1, Croydon 3, Tootingbeck 0, Lidtown 2, Bradley Baker with an early penalty there, Matt, uh, Westside 1, SC Thamesmead 1. Uh, back to the FA Vars for the majority of our teams uh, this weekend. So here we go yet again uh, with our list of fun names of places that we may not have ever heard of. It's AFC Vardenians against Kent Football United. Colliers Wood United against Punjab United. Croydon against Hawley Town. Irith Town against Sheppey United. An all-scaffold tie there. Fisher at home to Little Common. Greenways against Forest Hill Park. Another all-scaffold tie. Hailsham Town against Staplehurst Monarchs. Uh, Holmesdale against AFC Croydon, Lordswood against Seaford Town, Loxwood against Irith and Belvedere, Mayan Baker against Glebe, 
Meridian VP at home to Shoreham. It's Rains Park Vale against Wellingtown. Rochester United are at home to Chessington and Hook United. Another all scaffold Division 1 tie. Salt Dean United against Brydon Ropes. Uh, Snodden Town against Sutton Athletic. Yet another all Division 1 tie. Uh, Tower Hamlets against Crawley Down Gatwick. Tunbridge Wells against Canterbury City. Worthing United against Stansfeld. What a smorgasbord of fixture fun that sounds like, Matt. AFC Vardinians, where the hell is that? I believe they're in Brighton. All right. There you go. Uh, my my one there, actually, is May and Baker. That sounds like a, a firm of solicitors. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> May and uh, Baker, yes. They're in, they're in Dagenham. So, uh, <laughs> it looks what, like they what? may... Uh, don't is know. that a place or just a made-up name? May and Baker Eastbrook Community Football Club. Uh, yeah, so good luck to them. Also in the Vars as well on Saturday, of course, uh, Beckenham continue their bid to get towards Wembley. Uh, they are away to Hassock, so that's going to be a tough one for them. And incidentally, uh, we haven't forgotten Beckenham. They are top of the Combined Counties League Premier Division South. Uh, continue their 100% record at home by beating Cobham 2-0 on Saturday and then followed that up with a 5-2 win over Ballum. Uh, on Tuesday evening. But now, Ballam, an interesting case because they obviously were in the scaffold last season. They weren't too bad. Uh, but so far this season, they are 17th in that division uh, with only five points from their first seven games. Uh, but Beckenham looking good. 22 points unbeaten from eight games. A, a great start to the season for them. Yeah. Interesting. They, they're they the same league as that Jersey Bulls team, aren't they? They're the ones they beat. Guernsey, yes. Guernsey? yes, Jersey. No, Jersey Bulls. Jersey, Jersey Bulls. Yeah. And they get played. a lot of publicity, aren't they? So they are, and they've only played three games so far. Jersey yeah. Bulls, uh, all away from home. They've won one, lost one, and drawn one. Uh, obviously, the defeat being uh, it, when they play against Beckenham. But uh, all points on the board is what matters more. And Beckenham in in, in really good shape there, and it, and it's really really good to see that in a, a, a division which may not be as strong as the scaffold, they've made a really, really good start. So well done to everyone at Beckenham. And we are keeping a close eye on how you get on. Uh, there are some fixtures in the scaffold next midweek uh, as well. Back to, well, didn't even get that far. Um, on Saturday in the Premier Division in the scaffold, Chatham Town at home to Kennington. First Division, FC Elmsford against Faversham Strike Force. Lewisham Borough against Westside and Tooting Beck against SC Thamesmead. And then on Tuesday... More league fixtures. Beersted against Deal Town on Tuesday evening. Half past seven kick off that one. Chatham at home to Punjab United. Glebe travel to face Crowborough Athletic. It's Irith and Belvedere against Fisher. Kennington against Hollands and Blair. Lordswood against Tunbridge Wells. One game in the first division on Tuesday as well. Stansfield against SC Thamesmead. And then on Wednesday, Rustall at home to K-Sports. Tower Hamlets against Homesdale and in the first division. Staples Monarchs against Larkfield and New Hythe. So lots going on. And if you are at a loose end, you can't do much worse than go and see the FA Vars or the Scaffold. Yeah, well, some great names in there. We love this competition. So Absolutely. May and Baker. Uh, yeah. Hopefully Glebe can get rid of May and Baker. <laughs> I was actually hoping to go I'm to sure a Vars sure game. they present as a Blue Peter, May and Baker. <laughs> at some point, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I, I was hoping to go to a Vars game myself on Saturday, but something else has come up, unfortunately. So uh, I'm, I'm going to have to sit it out. But I, I, I'm determined that I'm going to try and get to one 
uh, at some point because it's 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 so such great fun and there's teams not far from me playing here so uh, it's all good anyway into the Isthmian League Southeast where the leaders changed hands again and although the new leaders are not from Kent places two to five and seven and eight for that matter do all belong to sides from our little patch uh, top billing at the weekend has to go to Ramsgate who went second after hitting five at Seven Oaks they've got 14 points which puts them one ahead of Herne Bay, who beat Corinthian 1-0, Cray Valley PM, who won 3-1 at Three Bridges, and Ashford United, who surrendered top spot as they were beaten 2-1 by the new leaders, Hayward Heath. Uh, Faversham drew 1-1 with East Grinstead in the day's other game. Uh, two lots of fixtures for some of our teams over the weekend as the FA Trophy starts and wipes out much of the league programme on Saturday. There's only three league games, one of which is a Sussex derby, uh, but Sittingbourne hosts Phoenix Sports and it's VCD against Sevenoaks. And then the FA Trophy, Ashford are at home to Chalfont St Peter, Whitstable travel to face Chichester. Ramsgate are at home to Sutton Common Rovers. Hyther on the road to face Welling Garden City. And Corinthian at home to Greys. And I've left that one to last because it's quite an interesting story in that one for Corinthian. Obviously making their FA Trophy debut against former winners. And the Billings family, obviously those behind Corinthian, used to own Greys' stadium. That's, that's a lovely tie for them. And a little story behind that that I don't think a lot of people are aware of. Grace don't play at their stadium anymore, is it? You know, they didn't they? Did they? No, exactly. No, they've they've become a bit of nomadic, really. But yeah, at, yeah. At, the, at, the, at the time, there was a time when they played at a stadium owned by the Billings family. How did you find out? Oh, I've got connections. All right, so it's interesting. There, I have to say, that is a trek for Hyde going to Welling Garden City, isn't it? It is, yeah. Oh, well, nice for the you know players can enjoy themselves. Yeah, that is. You probably couldn't have got any further there, could they? No. So, yeah, hopefully, you know, after going out of the cup, they put on a good show um, from there. But what about Ramsgate? Ramsgate off and on the field on fire this season. They really are. And, and I mean, that's a fantastic result. To to go and win 5-0 at Seven Oaks is is a really good... Because Seven Oaks are no mugs, are they? No, no, not at all. Not at all. So, they've got, you know, conceded at uh, uh, Bourne had a good start to the season. So, off from there. So, yeah, Ramsgate, yeah, I think... um, I think that, and a good thing about Ramsgate, if you're in the Thanet area, and they're giving free tickets to schools because we got them some sent free, or you know, download, you know, not tickets, but print this off and you can go and watch it. So both my children have been to go matches. So that the crowds, they're trying to get people involved. So fair play to um, Ramsgate. They're getting their, they're getting their, their name out there and uh, trying to attract new fans. So you know, if you score five every week, they're going to get fans. Got a lot of fans turning up. Absolutely. Uh, Tuesday night, there are some fixtures as well. Cray Valley against Phoenix Sports. Faversham against High. The Cracker as Ashford travel to face Hastings. It's Herne Bay against Ramsgate. Sittingbourne against Whitstable and VCD against Corinthian. And then on Wednesday, Seven Oaks are at home to East Grinstead. In the Premier Division on Saturday, Cray Wanderers look to get back to winning ways as they host Brightling Sea Regent. Uh, Folkestone at home to Potters Bar Town and Margate host Enfield Town. Sixth against fourth, that last one. Uh, Invicta then host Hornchurch on Tuesday when Margate are at home to East Thurrock. And on Wednesday, Cray Wanderers are at home to Wingate and Finchley uh, into the National League then and it's just one defeat in four for Dover Athletic after they drew nil-nil with Solihull Moors on Tuesday night the Whites now are minus nine points and only 11 adrift of Barnet the best news I can give you Matt Gerard, is that had you started on zero you wouldn't be bottomed does that make you any happier? Um, if we are, um, that's a good result I think um, we had yesterday, uh, yesterday two were draws you know I'd like a win, of course, and two draws is not as good as one win, but um, am I happy? Uh, I don't think with, apart from that Eastleigh debacle, which 
last week we went over. I, I think we're playing okay. We're, you know, as I said to you, the goal was nil nil. If you look at the cap corner count, it was Dover nil, Solihull fifteen. So we didn't have a single corner. So we're under the cosh a bit. We've got some decent, a decent defender. Keepers come in, he's looked pretty solid. So if you can't, if you don't concede goals, you won't lose. So that's all I would say. But it does in the final third look a little bit. You know, we sort of get to the sort of um, edge of the penalty area and it sort of falls apart a little bit. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic. It, if we didn't have minus 12 at the start of the season and we're in this position, I think we'd be able to get out of it. So that, that's all I can say, because I think we'll get better and eventually we'll probably try and get a little bit more proactive in the final third. So, um I guess yeah. I look at it. I look at the league table in front of me, and, and I guess the frustration that probably you will be feeling, and, and most people surrounded with Dover, is this twelve-point deduction. Because yes, you would only have three points, and you wouldn't be bottom, but you'd only be three points behind the team in fourteenth place. And it yeah. looks to me already like, obviously, you've got teams who've got games in hand, like Woking and Altrincham, Bromley and Kingsley to a, to a certain extent. But it's it's there's already teams to be cut cut adrift at the the bottom and in mid-table. And if you weren't on minus 12 or minus nine, as you are now, you'd be looking at this with with, with such a different attitude, you you know. And I will just go back to one thing that you said to me last night. You said, well, at least we're not, uh, you you know, we're we're not losing games. But unfortunately, you've got 44 games this season. You start at minus 12. Even if you drew them all, that would still leave you with only 32 points. And that's not going to be enough, is it? No, it's not. No, no. I'm, I'm still think we will probably, yeah, we will go down unless we start winning matches and started scoring some goals. But that's the concern now. Defensively, we look well, at home. There's been two nil nils and a one nil, and we scored that goal. So, um, yeah, again, it'll be tough against Bromley this weekend. Um, I have to say, but. We're in the run of four out of our next five games or three out of our next four games now are at home. We've got Bromley and then the next two the next two home games of that. Do you know who they're against? Uh, go on, good teams, I'll bet. Barnet and Aldershot. Oh, OK. Both teams, you've sat their managers on Monday. Yeah, yeah. So, we've got, we have got Grimsby away in between, but we'll, we'll, <laughs> we, we won't talk about that. But and then there is the thing, you, it will cut, you know, come to the point we would have to beat Barnet and Aldershot. Isn't yes. It? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Solihull, I think a draw was a fair result. Apart from all their 15 corners, they didn't do much with them. So, um, yeah, it is what it is. It will, we need to, now we've got off the minus 12, I'm happy with, but now we've got to get a, a, a one in the W field, haven't we? To get a yes. win. And that should be as a confidence. But yeah, uh, there's people who, you know, Dover fans are, you know, we, the consensus is we're a better team than we were last season, which I agree with. But the scoring goals is a problem because we've only really scored three, is it? Four? Four in seven? Yeah, and we weren't prolific last season. So that is a concern. We're not going to score many goals. But defensively, we're a lot more solid. So, yeah, we're going to, there will be a time that we've got to start winning, isn't it? So, anyway. yeah. 
Uh, Barnet people are only tuning on Saturday, and as he's already said, this weekend they travel to face Matt's Dover, and then they host Grimsby Town uh, on Tuesday night. And there's one thing I wanted to raise last week, but I, I forgot due to my own disorganisation, to be brutally honest. Uh, but a letter in the latest issue of When Saturday Comes magazine. Uh, it's from a Hartlepool fan, and it discusses promotion and relegation into, from the Football League into the National League. Uh, and what this chap's done is looked at the attendances from the opening weekend in League Two. And from that, he believes there's a case for an end to promotion and relegation because several of the new teams in the league don't get big enough crowds. He adds in this letter that only two of the new teams promoted in the 34 years since uh, promotion and relegation was introduced have proved to be long-term sustainable, successful in the league. That's AFC Wimbledon and Wickham Wanderers. Obviously, Yeovil have been up to the conference. Uh, Yeovil have been up to the uh, to the championship, but they are now back in the National League as well. When I first read the letter, reading it was a Hartlepool fan, I thought, oh, a lot of self-interest in there. But you know what? The more I think about it, I wonder if he's got a point. So let's have a bit of a debate about it. Matt, I sent you the letter this morning. I've sent you a picture of it. What, what are your thoughts on it? Um... Some of these, I, I would say, my opinion, that only the, the, the sides who've been promoted in the Football League who probably deserved it over the last few years were probably Sutton and Accrington who haven't been bankrolled by anybody else. Mm. Maybe Barrow on a, if you look at it that way. So all these other teams, yeah, they've come from nowhere. Um, your Crawleys and things like that because they, you know, They've been bankrolled and maybe run well and people have cut to watch them. But, um, yeah, the thing is on this, a lot of these clubs, I don't actually like John, so I can see <laughs> some of his opinions he's got about them. So, But would Forest Green, without Dale Vince coming on, doing a good job for them, getting them in the league, would they be a football league club? Because they were conference of about 16 seasons and got relegated about 14 of them but because of the, <laughs> the nature of the conference they never got relegated so yeah um, I can see where he's coming from um, and eventually hopefully for, for some of these clubs it will go through so I, I guess I think from, from my point of view looking at it and obviously I don't support a team in the National League who have chased the dream come close to the dream uh, as, as, as Dover have but the way I look at it is it would stop these clubs from just being bankrolled, bankrolled and pushing their way through. And, and looking at the situation Dover find themselves in now, it's difficult because obviously Dover are, are paying the price now for the fact that they try to compete with some of these clubs who've been bankrolled by billionaires on their way through and, and you know, get into the league at all costs. But then on the flip side of that, the National League is so much richer for having your Stockports, your Wrexhams, your Chesterfields, your Notts Counties in it. So, it's it's a hard one because it increases the the level of the competition that that you're all facing, and I am very very much against the idea of a closed shop. I can't imagine anything worse than being in a league where only where you'll only get promoted if you're a big club, and that, and that's a shocker. And that's why things like the European Super League are always going to be a no go in my eyes. But I think. There, there is some merit in what he's saying. I mean, this bloke was banging on about Morpeth Town. I, I don't know anything about the story up there. And we're, it, you know, and, and I get the the, the view that oh, I'd be nice to have the traditional teams in, but I think you've got to earn it on the pitch, haven't you? Yeah. And a lot of these things, it's snobbery about fans. You know, Hartlepool, you know, one thing you could look at it, you know, Lincoln were getting gates of about 1,500 when they were in the conference, have a bit of success. Not 
I've got no problem with the ex-league clubs going back into the league. If thing, I can see where he's coming from. The likes of your Crawleys, your Fleetwoods, um, who have had it, and um, so it is. You know, Hartlepool again. They were getting like fifteen hundred when they weren't doing very well. He's got promoted, and Hartlepool weren't the most friendliest of clubs as well. So from that point of view, I can see where he's coming from. From my point of view, some of these teams who've gone being bankrolled, like the likes of Crawley, I never really liked, but they wouldn't be, and they've done it. And maybe half of mine's a little bit of jealous because oh, one day I'd like to see my team in the football league. But they've stayed there. These teams, what these teams who have gone up, even though they've lost a bit of money, like Crawley, they've managed to stay in there. We haven't seen anybody probably since Rushton, have we? Who've gone up, spent the money, then then fallen out of it. So. Um, I guess I think what I was looking at was when you said that because obviously there have been a lot of teams who come into the into the the football league and it's been oh yeah that's great but like you said you know not many of those teams have stuck around and been there long term so Scarborough at the very start it, it all went wrong for them and you know Rushton and Diamonds you just mentioned there Yeovil falling back down and and bits and pieces yeah, like I, that I think, yeah Yeovil, Yeovil won't Yeovil are probably at their natural level yeah. And, and to be honest, it's probably poor management. If you get into the championship, I don't really think you should be able to fall in certain quick time into the National League. So, And I suppose the way to look at it as well is we're, we're putting the barrier between the National League and, and the league above. But I mean, by his reckoning, if you look at Brentford, who were in League Two 10 years ago, is, is he saying that Brentford are out of order to be in the Premier League because they're doing that and, and everything like that? So... You know, although I, I do see the merits of what you're saying, why I've got this arbitrary border that no team should be allowed into the 92 if they're not getting big enough crowds, yet Brentford have, have got 20,000 capacity in their in their stadium, Bournemouth have got even fewer, and they've both been able to play in the Premier League with no problems against teams who've got 60,000. And if, if Matey, the Hartlepool fan who's, who's written that letter in, wants to say that only teams well supported should be in League Two, does he think it should be that way forever and there should be no promotional relegation in any division and and that to me just just stinks really well he's probably scared that eventually even though they're having a good season they're going to might fall back out of the league hardly ball and exactly. maybe like their non-league time but yeah at the end of the day john whatever level it is money talks and if you've got the money and somebody's going to bankroll it and you, and you run pretty well it, it, it can be a success so it is yeah Will he's probably one of his points is you could have gates of less than a thousand in the football league, but we haven't had that for a long while, and they seem to seem to manage to keep to do that. So, but I think if the only side he puts in there is probably Bourne Wood because they get less than four hundred every week, or it is, isn't it? So, mm-hmm. if Sutton's gates have gone up, Sutton's and so uh, the only thing that maybe if Bourne Wood got promoted. A, because their vicinity, you probably don't want to watch Bournemouth Wood because you watch other teams. They would be the ones with the smaller gates and then they'll be heavily criticised, I'd have thought, because they seem to be getting doing well out of Arsenal. So, And I suppose the, way you, the other way you could look at it, and, and we will move on from this shortly, is that for, for everything that was wrong with what happened, but Milton Keynes had a football team put in there and they get good crowds in every week. So does that satisfy him? Is he happy with that? I think it's all just about finding uh, the right sort of like, I mean, I don't agree with what happened with, with Milton Keynes in the slightest, but they're getting good crowds mm. and uh, the, the odd good result as well. Um, 
interestingly, he made the point about Morpeth Town and how they could be heading for the Football League. I, I don't know if he's got some sort of axe to grind with them because they're currently bottom of the Northern League Premier Division with uh, four points from nine games. So I don't understand uh, why that uh, letter writer was harping on about uh, One of these things, you know, the AFC Wimbledon story, again, it's a lovely story, but I don't know, it's like sort of Kingstonian don't play at Kingstonian anymore and that does great with me a little bit. Yeah. And then there's probably... We have an AFC Wimbledon listeners on this show. They probably put me to thing, but you know, I used to like going to Kings Meadow with Kingstonian, but then they Wimbledon sort of took it over, and now Wimbledon got their own ground, so I'm pleased for them from there. But it sort of that gripes me a little bit about Wimbledon, but I don't think I don't think you're allowed to criticise them because of the MK the Milton Keynes thing, and which you see, which was completely wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just to finish up then, the National League South fixtures on Saturday. Derby, which I know Nigel Jones of Welling United Radio is rather concerned about, as beleaguered Welling hosts Dartford. Maidstone United Trail to face Bath. Tumman Generals host Dorking. Uh, and while Ebbsfleet have Saturday off, they are back in action on Tuesday when they travel to face Chippenham after last month's COVID call-off. Uh, so that's pretty much it for the football stuff. What, what's going on down in Broadstairs, mate? Um, no, not really too much, really. What are we doing? Uh, we're doing some decorating in the house, so... Um... Painting walls or my wife is and things like that. Um, no, I think back, kids back at school. We're just sort of settling in, in um, just sort of ready for the winter nearly. You know, it's at 20 seconds. Oh, how exciting is that? That's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's great. I basically, coming from work, every dinner, take the dog for a spin. And normally you fall asleep by now um, and then back round again. So Have you yeah. started your Christmas shopping, Grandad, seeing as you're looking forward to the winter? No. <laughs> um, well, but everything to think that. Well, somebody said to me that Father Christmas got issues this year because he can't deliver anything. I was going to tell that to kids. So, wow. so I need, to, I need to. Eventually, I'm sure there'll be a statement from F Christmas in about November about this. So, uh, keep an eye out on that. But no, no. So, no, no. I'm not gonna, um, no, no. I've enjoyed. I've been enjoying going to football and bits and pieces like that. But yeah, it's, it's not. You know, it's get up, go to work, come back. You know, isn't it? And I think beach hut's gone. We're not keeping the beach hut as well. So oh, sad times. Sad times. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, that's, that's yeah. Nothing, nothing. So, no, just you know, plodding along, mate. Really. Yeah, we've been watching. We started watching that vigil. Um, uh, we, we, yes, we've got to watch that. We are well. We started watching it yesterday. We're already halfway through the fourth episode, so it's it's obviously good. good watching. Yeah, really good watches. Loads going on, but it's quite easy to follow. Uh, we watched the Stephen Lawrence drama. That was really interesting. Um, Bake Off obviously started last night, but we haven't watched it yet. Uh, I've been just... watching a couple of um, com- comedies. Back to Life on iPlayer. Oh yeah, that's set in high. Yeah. Um, was, I saw the first series. Second series, excellent program. And I watched also uh, something. Uh, Alma's not normal. All right. Another one on iPlay. I do like that's a bit. Um, that's quite funny as well. So yeah, some good comedies on uh, iPlay. I'm still waiting for Brooklyn Nine Nine, which is finished in America. Uh, it's a start over here. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. So what, what's going on there on E4? So pull your finger out E4 for that. So yeah, come um, on. What else is there? Is there else? Uh, but we're watching that Nine Perfect Strangers. I did yep, fall asleep in the end the of the last one. I want to watch the Schumacher documentary. That's supposed to be good as oh, well. My nephew said he watched that. He said it was pretty good. Pretty yeah. sad, but pretty good. So, uh, do you watch the Premier League passion thing? No. The the the, the, the story of the Premier League. So oh, that's quite interesting. Um, you know, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's nostalgia. That's what I'm saying. 
all about the nostalgia. Well, we've yeah. prattled on for far too long. This yeah, is like nostalgia. The way we've gone on, uh, this is like the old days of a Kent yeah, yeah. podcast. But we had a good, some good old chat in there. I really enjoyed that. So do feel free to tell us uh, what you think about the, the is promotion and relegation from the Football League an outdated concept. Uh, do let us know what you think on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. On Facebook, search for Kent Only Podcast. And you'll find us on there. You can send us a message uh, through that way. We always love to hear from our listeners. Uh, so do let us know what you're thinking about. Uh, I'm at John Phipps 81. Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening this week. Thank you to both of our guests uh, for their time. Let's hope everything gets resolved uh, at Canterbury City sooner rather than later. And uh, yes, thank you, everybody, for listening. And we'll speak to you all next week on the Kent Lonely Podcast. I'm off to sing in the shower because I have got a good singing voice. Karaoke King is Matt Gerard. <laughs>